This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condice Presley, and we're still early in the new year. And often in the new year, we see all sorts of encouragements to have a new year and to be a new you. Our focus today on how you can walk your way to better health without ever getting off the couch. You're wondering like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Ah, but it does. Denise King says walking can do wonders for the body and the soul. She says once we walk in faith, we can see God show up like never before. Her book is I Remember When God Showed Up, A Journey of Faith. Denise King is our guest. Hello and welcome. Well, hello. Thank you so much for having me. So we did a little bit of a bait and switch there, walking your way to better health, but you're talking about a faith walk, not an actual walk walk, right? That's right. So tell me about this book. Well, uh, Condes, this book has been um, a faith journey for me. It is a... um, a number of stories that talk about some of the magnificent ways in which God showed up through crisis, challenges, or even struggles, but then sometimes just through my dreams, my hopes, and my desires. It's written to encourage readers to remember the awesome times where God stepped in their situations and turned things around for them so that whatever they're dealing with today, right now, they're encouraged in knowing that if God did that, the thing of their past, he certainly can do this, the very thing that they're wrestling with today. So was there a certain catalyst, an event in your life that said, hmm, I'm going through something and I want to write about it? Well, it's a great question. The way in which it all came about was hearing the voice of God say, write the book, because there have been so many situations in my life that I had to literally stand in faith and saying, God, I declare your word. I declare the promise of your word over my life, over this situation. So when God spoke uh, to me audibly, clearly to write the book, I honestly didn't know what book, what are you talking about? And so I began to really pray because I heard it. And I started to pray about it. Um, My brothers and sisters would say, you need to write the book about this. You need to write a book about that. These, you know, situations just overwhelming. And so when I heard it, I prayed about it and eventually got the understanding that the book had to be written about faith, my faith in God, the situations that perhaps, yes, I face, but perhaps other people have faced something similar to say, why is it that we can go through, come through, something of great magnitude and thank God for it and then be faced with something right out of the gate through the next door and then go back to worry and go back to stress and all of that. When we just saw God do something magnanimous before us, why can't we muster up that same faith and trust in the next thing that we're facing? So as I began to write about the stories of my life, It encouraged, honestly, the book encourages me when I go back and read it. And I've read that book many times since it's been published. So it was, uh, no, a long answer to a short question. It was the leading of the Lord to write the book. Take me back to that moment when you knew that you were clearly hearing the voice of God in you to tell you to do this. What 
Where were you? What were you doing? How did you know that that's what that was? Oh, yes. That, that's a wonderful question because I have kind of replayed this back in my own head, too, to see what was really happening in my life at the time that I heard. Because when you're going through situations, life situations, I don't care if it's um, sickness, I don't care if it's financial, I don't care if it's relationship, you get absorbed, you get consumed, you're overwhelmed trying to find your way out of that. So you don't really hear clearly, you don't really think clearly. And at that moment, I can honestly say that it was um, a health crisis, is what I'll call it. Mm -hmm. They found a lump. Um, It was around my birthday that I had the lump removed. We were waiting for the response from the doctor, and it took them much, much longer. They did the biopsy, and it was having it reviewed, and we thought we'd get an answer right away, but it was taking a very long time. And so in that moment of waiting, saying, God, I decree healing over my body. This is not cancer. Um, The growth had been there, and every doctor would tell me, oh, that's just, you know, a fatty tissue. Oh, that's just a fatty tissue. And this thing was starting to get really big on the inside of my my leg near my knee. And so I said, I'm going to have this thing checked out. And my doctor came back after the surgery, and she said, this looks really odd. She said, I'm, you know, we always want to do a biopsy of it and, and have them check it out, but it looks really odd. She said, I, I don't know what it is. And so as I waited, I began to speak over my life. And so it was like, Lord, here we go again, because there were other moments. There were other moments of cancer threats. And I said, God, you're the same God that did that when you healed me of the lump in my breast. You're the same God that removed this tumor out of my body. I declare that you're the same God that can heal this situation, whatever it is. So I declare and decree this is not cancer. I don't speak in denial. I speak in faith. And so as I waited, it was my birthday. I had traveled home to be with my family and the doctor called. She was more elated than any doctor I had ever spoken to and gotten an answer from. So it was in that moment of waiting, in that moment of crisis, in that moment of hoping, wishing, uh, praying that this thing would be well that I heard. And so I knew then that I need to seek God of what is this book, as I mentioned before, what, what do I write about, and got that clarity later. Have you always been a woman with a strong, deep and abiding faith? I can't say that I have been. I have to say that I've been that woman that always pressed for greater. Um, and it's interesting, out of um, you know, all my siblings, they will tell you, I'm the one that'll say I walk on the moon. I'm the one that'll say I'm going to do something that just sounds crazy from the standpoint of how impossible does that sound, that you're going to do that. But I don't think twice about it because I believe that You can have what you say and set your sights on. Yes, you're going to have to work for it, but there is nothing written anywhere, established anywhere, that says that you cannot accomplish your dreams. So I've been that person who's always said, I want greater, I want better, I want more. I will not stay where I am. I will not settle for what I have. There's greater out there. Let me pursue that. So I always, every time I say this and and I get quoted on it, I say I have radical faith radical faith. This is faith that makes no sense. It's faith that kicks the 
um, the curb and say, you know what? Yeah, you're standing there, but I command you to move out of my way. I command you to not be a hindrance, a block. I'm going to accomplish this because this is what I believe God has led me to do. And it honestly, it doesn't make sense to me. I'm coming out of something right now, this very moment, this day where I had to stay in faith just this morning. I had to break my way through and say, God, help me. You declared and decreed that this thing shall be. And I refuse to accept anything contrary, otherwise anything else that would try to present itself contrary to your word. Help me. Whatever it is I'm missing, I'm not seeing, I'm not doing, help me. And in that moment, the answer of the Lord was heard. Not saying that he wasn't speaking all the time. It was heard. I was able to hear him. And so to uh, back to your question, I can say since I've given my life to the Lord, I've become more radical in my faith. Prior to that, I, w- I felt that I was ambitious, aggressive in the sense of trying to go after the things that I desired in life, but nothing like this since I gave my life to the Lord. Denise, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us a little bit about your background, how you came to be or how you came from being that woman who was, I'm going to do anything to the woman who's sitting before us today. Great. I was raised in the projects. I was the sixth of seven children. Um, Raised in the projects, a mother who um, a single mom who was determined on determined to make her kids better. She focused on education. She focused on business. My mom is uh, will be 80 years old in a couple of days, and she is a no-nonsense woman. She raised her kids with respect, and she demanded respect. But she made sure that we knew how to handle ourselves in business to make sure that we knew that education was important, but how you... Um, Live your life is just as important. So being the uh, sixth child, the youngest girl, I was determined to come out of that project place. So even in grade school, high school, my, my goal, my job was in my head was to make my life better. And even in that, I, my mom tells the story to this day to say I came home in junior high school asking her if we lived in the ghetto. I had no perspective of where I was. And she laughs about that and tells these stories in family gatherings all the time. But because she provided and my sisters, older brothers, and they helped um, provide. So through that, I excelled in, in everything, honestly, that I wanted to do. And I decided I would come to Atlanta finished college and um, just pursue my career. And that's what I did. I decided that there was more out there for me, which is why I left my hometown of Memphis. I said, there's more out there. And I came to Atlanta. That was 30 something years ago. Uh, Not to date myself. I like to tell everybody I was five years old when I left, but we all were. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But I left because I just felt that I, I wanted to do more. I wanted to pursue computers And so I had to get out of that space. And that space to me was to say, if I stay here, I will not pursue at the the depths or the heights that I wanted to pursue. And so I finished school. Um, Even the story about getting my first job, everybody was getting interviewed and during college graduation time with the top companies, IBMs and the EDSs of the world at the time. And I was not getting an interview. So I said, why is that? 
And so they told me, um, they're interviewing the top students. Wait a minute, I have a 3.8 GPA. What do you mean? They said, oh, they're interviewing 4.0 students. I said, this is not right. And I, to this day, I can still remember slamming the door out of the counselor's office saying, I will find my own job. And the Lord led me. I was not saved at the time. He led me to a company. I interviewed three times. Um, the VP said, why should I hire you? And I always share this story as often as I get a chance to, and primarily for young people. He said, why should I hire you? You don't have experience. You've never done this kind of work. You're still in college. Why should I hire you? And I said, the only answer I can give you, sir, is that you'll never regret it. And several years later, 12 years later, when he retired, he came into the data center. At that point, I was managing the computer centers. Uh, here in Atlanta. And he said, do you remember what you said to me when I interviewed you that day? I said, I absolutely remember it. And he said, do you know, I've never regretted it. That was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my entire life. And that was a testimony to me to say, you proved yourself. And God continued to bless. But after being at that company for 17 years, I decided I needed to leave. And so I, I write about that in the book, uh, in the chapter Did called something happen? Release Me. Organizational changes happen in companies that are disruptive and, not, and shouldn't be. That's one of, I'm, I'm a change manager by, um, by my career choice. They should not be as disruptive as they are. We had new people being hired that had no idea of the culture, no idea of the people, no idea of the work that we did, and they were shaking things up unnecessarily, and it got to me. I have a heart for people. I have a heart to make sure that people know they're valued in the workplace, that people understand that they must bring value to the workplace, but they must get something back. And how do you build people up and how you grow them to their next level? That's what I'm passionate about. And when that started to happen, it didn't sit well with me. I would fly around the country working and, and doing things in seminary all day on Monday and traveling Tuesday through Friday. And I said, God, I came back home uh, to Atlanta one Friday night and I'd had enough. And I said, God, release me. I can't I can't do this anymore. It, I was so grieved in my spirit and, and I knew I couldn't leave. I couldn't just walk away. I didn't have any other financial support being single and all of that. So I began to really pray and say, God, I need to hear from you. I need to know. But this is getting harder. It's getting more disappointing. But I would go in and work and give 150 percent. And one morning, I often tell the story that my interaction with God, break, my breakthrough in the Lord happens in the wee hours of the morning. He said, I'm releasing you from that job and he took me to his word. He said, just as Laban's house was blessed while Jacob was there, so this company has been blessed through you. He said, but they're going to pursue you, and your answer will be no. And if God had not spoken those exact words and given me scripture even to back it up, when I was offered to remain on the job, the first time was nice, the second time was really good, the third time they would have had me. I would have said yes, undoubtedly, because the offer was absolutely amazing. But God said no, and no one could understand it. But I knew. But I didn't know what I was going to do. I, I thought I was going to finish seminary and become, um, my goal was to become a hospital, um, work in hospitals, ministering and praying. A counselor of sorts, just to go in and really minister to the people that were hurting and in pain and families. 
Well, within 30 days, God birthed the company that I've had for 15 years. Uh, just walking in on my brother building computers and saying, hey, this is a business. We can do something with it. And that's where it went. So I have been managing a consulting company for the last 15 years. Um, God is uh, blessed. And as I say to everybody, being an entrepreneur has its perks, it has its privileges, and it has its problems. And so I'm grateful to be in the place of all the things that I've learned. But I am back in the place of saying, I want greater, I want better, I want more. And so when the book came along, it detoured me. It was on the heels of my mom being sick. Uh, my mom took ill um, in December 2016, and my world was shaken. And when I say shaken, I mean turned topsy-turvy when I got the call. I flew out the same day, and I thought I would be home for a week or two. It was seven months. <clears throat> I thought I'd be at the hospital for a day or two. It was a couple of weeks, and she was in and out of the hospital at that. I was sleeping in the hospital uh, trying to relieve my sisters and brothers because now I'm here um, showering at the hospitals, but I didn't want to leave my mom's side. I'm like, I'm going from working 18-hour days, traveling like insanity, and now this is the only world I know. I completely shut down everything and everybody. And so as I watched my mom struggling to breathe and um, her health looking like it's deteriorating, but yet we're standing in faith saying, not now and not from this, <laughs> decreeing over her body, not now and not from this. You will not leave here now and you will not leave here from this. So, God, I decree and declare your healing power over my mother, not from a place of selfishness, but from a place of faith. And my mom began to get better. Her breathing began to get better. She uh, started to look better, feel better. She was no longer going in and out of the hospital. And uh, the end of uh, May, the Lord said, I'm releasing you. And I was able to come back home. And as soon as I walked in the door of my house, my bags still in hand, dragging my bags, the Lord said, finish the book. It was like all of a sudden, it's like, finish the book. I hadn't thought about the book. I was thinking about my mom. And it was such an urgency in my spirit. And I went from that day, heads down, 15, 16-hour days of writing. We're talking to Denise King. She's an author. She's an entrepreneur. Her book is, I Remember When God Showed Up. A Journey of Faith. It's filled with inspiring personal stories of how God worked through her life-changing events. She says, from heartbreak to starting and building a successful business. Your goal, Denise, I guess, is to help readers remember when God shows up for us. And yeah. and you argue that he does, even when we, we're not, we don't have our antenna up. That's right. Absolutely. It's, it's intended to say to every reader, every person out there, to say, look at your life, re-examine your life, and begin to see when you were faced with tumultuous situations, things that seemed like you would, ever, you would never get out of them, you would never get over them, begin to see your life now and where you are, and begin to see how God really was there all the time. And I say in the book, it's not so much that God shows up, because he's always there. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere and there's no place that he's not is to for you to begin to see him in those situations so that as you do that, you start to look at your current situation, where you are right now today, 
and you began to see him more. And that way you began to trust him. You began to have faith in him to bring you through that situation too. And that's the whole intent of the book is for more people to remember when God showed up for them so that they can deal with their present situations and trust him to do it again. But these are times, Denise, when there are indeed more non-believers than there are believers. So how can someone like you, who is a born-again Christian, who has example after example in your book about how God is here, God does exist, he is active and present in every moment of our lives, how do you communicate that message to somebody who says, ah, that's poppycock? I love those questions. I absolutely love questions like this because it allows me the opportunity to say to those that don't have a relationship with the Lord, don't have a relationship with Christ, don't even believe in God, but yet you believe and you see your present predicament, you see your present challenge, you know that that thing is real. So it is to say to those, and at that moment that you're dealing with it, if you don't believe anything else, believe these words that you can overcome, you can get through it, you can get over it, you can come out of it. Even if you choose that you're not going to give the, the help or the credit to, to God, to Jesus Christ, you begin to look at that thing in faith Faith in knowing that you can overcome, there's power in that. Because faith without works does not do anything. So if you begin to apply faith, a mindset, a mindset that says, I will not remain here, that's where it begins. So at that moment that you begin to embrace the fact that there is better for you, you begin to see yourself move. And eventually, my prayer is, you will begin to see God too. Did you ever have a moment when you thought God was not going to show up for you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> many moments, many moments, many times, many days to where I had to regroup. And, I, and I'll give this uh, perfect example. There are situations that can seem too big for the world, too overwhelming. I'm not, the, how in the world can I come through it? Because we don't see the big picture. God sees the picture, big picture before it's ever framed, but we don't. And so there have been moments in my life to where I said, God, where are you? Do you hear me? Do you see me? Do you care? You, you, you see the weight of the world that I feel like is on my shoulder. Help me come to my rescue. And then nothing. Nothing, no sense, no, no feeling, no, no encouragement, no, and, and feeling downtrodden. But I, but I make the turn in those feelings, in those moments. When I make the turn, when I make the turn to say, it doesn't matter what it feels like. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it sounds like. God, you're still here. You're with me. So I'm going to encourage myself how do I do that? In your word. And when I begin to speak the word of God over my situation, and sometimes I don't feel a thing because it's not in the feeling anyway, but there are moments when I'm just speaking these words. But I know this one thing, the word of God does not go out and return void. It must accomplish that which it was sent to do and prosper in the thing where it was sent to. So even if I don't feel it, there's no emotion, there's no no. Uh, since that something's changed, I don't see anything changing, that word has gone forth in power. 
and it's producing the very results that I need, even though I don't see it, I don't feel it. So the more I begin to speak it, guess what it's beginning to do? It's beginning to turn in me, to encourage me, to lift me from that place where I am of being downtrodden and feeling like I'm completely helpless. And in that moment that that word begins to operate in me, that I begin to speak over my life, God, you said that I am this. You said that this is, and I began to be encouraged. And then I'm lifted above, and the more I seek God, I've said it before, the more I seek God, the more I see him. And that's when things really turn for me. And final thoughts, words of encouragement for our audience today. Final thoughts I would share with anyone. I would say this, and I say it to many as I speak around the nation, is that whatever your situation is, it is not impossible for God. Trust God to bring you through. Begin to speak over your life. If you don't know what to say about yourself, if you don't know the word of God, if you've never read the word of God even, I'm going to give you something that you can begin to speak over your own life. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Even if you don't understand what those words mean, even if those words haven't come alive to you, begin to speak those words over your life, over your situation. I had to do the same thing this morning. And as you begin to speak, you have this empowering feeling that comes over you and it builds your confidence. It builds your faith. So I want to encourage you just begin to speak those words. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. The book is I Remember When God Showed Up, A Journey of Faith. The author is Denise E. King. Thank you for being a blessing to our audience today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, my handle is Condo29 on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective.